You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. This week, I'm going inside of one of my favorite people, Bobby Lee. You know Bobby Lee from his podcast, Tiger Belly, Mad TV, the award-winning, critically acclaimed Kicking It Old School with Jamie Kennedy. Actually, yeah, we both did that movie. It didn't do so well, but uh, we had fun. We met each other naked. Uh, We'll talk about him taking meth at 12 years old, shitting in people's offices at Mad TV, and doing 69 standing up in a closet. Now, it is a pleasure to be inside of Bobby Lee. Let's get to that interview. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. God damn it, Rob. You don't fucking listen, you fucking... You know what? He's one of those old-timey white dudes from the 40s, like a bellhop. That's what he looks like, a bellhop from the 40s. Yeah, or like a kid from The Shining, like a, like a right. flashback. Like a, yeah. And then I say, hey, did you meet that bellhop? Go, we don't have bellhops here. And then I look at a photo, and it's, and it's from him. the 1700s. Yeah, that, we're talking about my wall. producer, yeah, so Rob. Dead. He looks like eight years old. He has a kid, and he's married. I know. But he's got, like, he's handsome, but also Steve Buscemi-ish. His teeth are fucked up? No, he's just got a combination of character actor. It's the eyes, I think. Now he's bragging yeah. about his eyes, just ruined the whole <laughs> yeah. fucking no, show. That was a bad thing. He talks the about big, his the eyes. Big eyes. Uh, We're here with Bobby Lee. Do an intro. You want to do an intro? Welcome, um, to, you know, w- w- welcome to Inside of You. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. Oh. I don't do the whole welcome to Inside of You. But I am happy that I'm, you're here today so, oh, I could, thank you. so I could be inside of you. Never. You wouldn't allow it? Is I it, would never I'm, literally let you stick your penis inside. Because I'm Jewish. It, I don't think race has anything to do with it, really, to be honest with you. What if I was a better-looking man? Like, almost... No, like, you're a very... Dude, you're, in terms of Jews, oh, my God, you're top of wait, the line. Wait, Jews or dudes? Jews. So, for a Jew, I'm good-looking. For, so, you're <laughs> saying all Jews have, like, little curls <laughs> no. on their heads? No, I didn't say that. racism. Bobby Lee, your real name is Robert Lee, or are you a oh descendant God. of uh, the Confederate general? I didn't... I have nothing to do with the general, my lineage. But you're a junior, Robert Lee... Yeah, junior. yeah, Junior. My dad's as the original senior. Robert Lee. Yeah. Yes, interesting. Yeah, why? Well, I just thought not to be racist, but do, do they have a Korean name, or did they when they came to the United my States? My father's name. I don't know my father's Korean name, but I know mine. What is it? Song Woo. Song Woo. Yeah. Do you know mine? Yeah. Sok Dik. <laughs> oh, this is already fun. Yeah. Mad TV, Harold and oh Kumar go to God. White Castle, Pineapple Express, you. The Dictator, Crouching Tiger. You've I been wasn't in, in. I know you. I knew you were going to. Was that, that a joke? Me. It wasn't a joke. I was. My, my producer put that down there. You fucking old timey white fuck. That's a racist. We are right. Racist. He's dude. a racist. You're my age. You're 45 years old. I know. How do you feel? Well, there's a part of me that's. Uh, I feel fine. I feel like I've always felt depressed. A little bit. I've always had a, a, a lingering of depression, but, um, you know, when you get to that 45, you're kind of going, I thought my life would be a different. Yeah. But it's the same kind of good struggle, you know? The second I turned 40, my brother said, I'm closer to 80 than zero. It didn't make me feel good. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it didn't make me feel Yeah, it doesn't good. make me feel good. When you said that, it didn't make me feel good. Mm-mm, no, I didn't like it. Yeah, death is around the corner, I think, for us. Yeah, maybe, probably, what do you think, a good 30 more years? Uh, me, I don't know, man. I feel like shit every day. I try to, I really, I do. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to start wearing makeup. No, you look day. great. Really? Yeah. 
Did you, what'd you do with your hair? Is it is that oh, shit. is it receding or are you putting no, dippity no, do in no, it or what? Is it, is it fucked up? No, no, no. I just I wanted to bring that up. It's like the headphones. Two months ago, I think. No, it's not receding. <laughs> oh, it's uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to be more like Ryan Reynolds. He works a lot. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't like my hair? Let me ask you something. Yeah, about go ahead, man. You're because that was last night. I was um with some other guy who's an actor. Right. You mentioned my name. No. No, no, no. We, no but I was. I asked him. I go. Do you get jealous of other white leads? Do you? Uh, I think I used to. When Ryan Reynolds started to get roles, I'm like, my hair is just as good as his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm decent looking. Yeah. And, and then I realized, you know, man, whatever you get, you're lucky in this fucking business. I, I stopped being <laughs> resentful and stopped, you know, you, you, did you do that? Were you were like saying, God, oh, this guy's taking my role? Well, there was a time where I was really bitter. Who, and angry. Who, who? Who were the guys that were taking your roles? Give me their names. I think when Randall and Ken Jeong started getting stuff, I could see myself. Ken Jeong was the doctor. Yeah, be, I so could see like, myself. You know, I went to his wedding, and I love his wife, Tran. I love him. He's a very talented guy. Right. But there was a time where I couldn't even get in the rooms, and I was just going on the road. It was really depressing. But then... You can't make your life about that. If I make my life about my work, right. I'm going to be miserable. So, do you, But do you, don't you keep yourself as busy as shit because you have to? I try not to go, if I do this, this is going to happen. Right. So I just kind of go, I'm going to do this, and I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, and I'm happy. And you can be happy. You have happy moments, you think? I have. Yeah, I have some. More than like ten, five years ago. That's good. Yeah, Every six day. years ago, I was like really depressed, and now I'm like, I'm okay. Now, yeah. don't you think a lot of that depression for me, it starts in fucking when you're young? Because I want to talk to you. When you were young, I read a whole bunch of shit that I didn't even know about that you what? didn't tell me. What? Well, I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ, you, you, you're from San Diego. You, you didn't know that? Well, I knew that, but that's easy to know. <laughs> but you, you did meth. You what? smoked pot at 12 years old. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe I, I, didn't, I didn't believe it. Is that true? You really did? Well, number one, you, you knew I was sober, right? I knew you were sober. Okay, okay. It's not that I thought you were doing meth now. I just didn't think you were doing it at 12. So you didn't know that I, was, uh, I went to rehab when I was in high school? No. I went to a couple of rehabs in high school. And I did meth at 12, 13, pot, kicked out of schools. I was a bad kid. Where do you find meth at 12 back in 1980? There was this lady named Lucy that lived in my neighborhood in Rancho Bernardo. Right. And she had kids, like babies. And she had a meth lab also. And I used to go over there and see like little babies crawl around like on the bottom of this table where the meth lab was really dangerous. This is way before, this is in the late 80s. And the first time you took meth, what happened? I went to... Um, <laughs> oh, boy. I, I went to this library at my okay. school. I went to Twin Peaks. And they had these... I can't tell you what books they are, but they're like some more scientific books about sexuality. And I used to masturbate in that library. <laughs> On meth? Yeah. And I couldn't come, so I would just be like, I would ditch school just to like two or three periods. And I'd just be in, because in the library, the last row, there was a wall and a wall. And then there's like a row of books. So I I pried open one of the, not pried open, yeah, but a little, so I can see what's coming around the corner. And I would just lean up against the wall and jerk off because back then there was no like cameras and stuff. I didn't beat off at 12 years old. I don't think I jerked off till I was like 15 or 16. Yeah, but you're not developed. 
I didn't develop. No, you're still not developed, really. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. You were, you were masturbating. You do, do you remember the first time you masturbated? It was in a sock. I'm not sure it was mine either. You masturbated and then you cleaned well, it up with a sock? Well, actually, I think I was like, I don't know, something rubbed against my penis, like my underwear or something, and I felt like a tingling sensation, mm. and, I, and I kept rubbing the underwear on my penis <laughs> until yeah. it, something it, happened. But I think it was blank. It just felt really good, and I was it, like, that's weird. How could I remember the first time? The first, like, time, first time I did it, or no? Yeah, the first time you did it, it was amazing. <laughs> but, but your parents didn't know. Did they have any idea you were on meth? What, what do you act like well, when you're on well, meth? You as know, a when you when your parents are from a different country, they don't even know what drugs really are. My parents are just old school Korean people, and they they didn't know what marijuana was. They came, you know, in the '60s, and they just started to work really. So they didn't know, and they, and it's not their like they never think that their kids are gonna. So something happened though. You're doing math. You're smoking pot. You're doing all this in high school. Some other shit happened to you too. Like what? Well, I mean, I, I you know I, think I was molested. I, that Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? I yeah. Well, you because you know things about me, but you're like trying to get me to say it. Well, no, I just want to. You know, I like I like you were so you were molested in high school. No, you weren't in in elementary school. Oh, before that, my bad. Yeah, Sorry. to be molested in high school would mean that I'm like a pygmy or something. Like well, somebody 14 could just... or 15 years old, it's still... I know, but still I'm like... I get you, though. Human you. looking. Okay, so how I'm old not... are you? <laughs> You're eight years old. Eight or nine, yeah. Okay, and what happened? Why? You brought it up. No, you're the one that did. You said something that happened. But now people want to know. I want to know. <laughs> all right. You don't have to tell a long gonna, story. You can I'm just gonna, be, all right. If you, I want to hear it though. Oh, okay. I well, care I, about you. I don't. I don't like I you know. being hurt as an eight-year-old right. or any age. Well, we live. So, you know, I went to middle school, my fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade in San Diego, and high school San Diego. But before that, we lived in Minnesota, and we lived in a town called Edina. A diner. And it was, we lived by a lake. No, a, a field, an empty field. But in the, in the wintertime, it was snow and, the, and people would just ice skate on it. Right. And there was like a shack there and there was a Zamboni. You know what those are? Of course. I play in hockey, this kind of, sure. yeah, shack. Right. And um, during the summers, I guess this guy. Don't would, say you got molested on a Zamboni. They'll ruin hockey. <laughs> no, no, no. Near, next to one. Next to one. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, next to it. And um, how old was this person? I don't remember. I didn't ask. Okay. Because he had Down syndrome. He had Down syndrome. Yeah. Okay. So what did he do? Did, what did he do there? He had candy on these, like these, like shell, the shelving area inside the shack. Wow, Why are you looking dark, at that? We went dark. No, I'm not judging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I've had um, situations like this. Yeah, I think yeah. every. I think it's important to hear this because a lot of shit happens to people. But I think I went back every day for two summers. To get the candy. The my candy was that candy. good? Was it Twizzlers? No, my parents would just wouldn't get me candy. Like I, like the dipsticks. So you're blaming your parents for getting... Not getting me candy, yeah. And that's I also blame my parents for my video addiction now, video game addiction now. You have an addiction to video games. Yeah, I did not yeah because they wouldn't let, get me like any of the consoles in high school and whatever. And then as I, when I made money is when I just started buying all that stuff. Okay, so, what, what, so let's say high school. When did you start thinking you were funny? Were you a funny guy in high no. school? You were not funny. In high school, Matt Ueda got the funniest guy in high school, and I wasn't even nominated. Were you sad about that? I was absolutely destroyed by it. So you thought you were really funny, though? I thought that I was as funny as Matt Ueda, yeah. What did he do that was funny than you? He's Matt- a nice guy. But you were known as a funny guy, though. Yeah, but I don't know if my sense of humor was Just- resonating. 
Okay. I mean, I can write, I can perform, but mine is also just kind of weird. I'm still a weird guy. You're a weird guy. Yeah. So you I are a weird guy. Weird, yeah. I'll be the kind of guy like would like if I went to church, like a friend's church, right, on a Sunday in high school, and I go, I like go, hey, look, look, Toki the Dum Dum's out. He go, Toki, and he looked down and my penis is out. And then I would like go, Toki the Dum Dum, you know, because my penis is called Toki the Dum Dum. Now you, uh, we did a movie called Kicking It is Old that a School. Movie or? <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because, and I, we, we love Jamie. Oh my God, I just ran into him. Yeah, I saw a picture yeah, of you yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. We love Jamie, but I remember uh, the movie, you know, it didn't turn out that well. A lot of movies I've done haven't turned out well. Mm-hmm. I'm sure All the movies some, I've done. Have turned out not very well? Well, I mean, the ones that have bigger roles and have not turned out well. Do you remember Miguel Nunes said? Nobody said. I said something. I was kidding around. I said, I'm never doing another Jamie Kennedy movie. And he said, he said, man, Jamie Kennedy never doing another Jamie Kennedy movie. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was I mean, I remember, I mean, just chaos on that. Remember, like. And your dick was always out. That's what I was referring back to that movie. Yeah, because the thing is, is that. I have pictures of you naked. I never, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that would post those. I don't want people to get the idea that that's what I do all the time on Well, you just did Tokyo the Dum Dum. In high school, when I was a kid, in church. Right. Right, but not... At other people's church, not your church. Not my church. Someone, you went to a visiting church. Yeah, yeah, a white church. And you showed your That's when I have to show. Now, here's the thing. I have a propensity. It's a big word. Rob's taking pictures. Yeah, I know. It's uncomfortable. It is. Uh, Look, I've always whipped my dick out, too. I'll just be honest with you, Bobby. I know, I've seen it. Okay. I saw it on I saw it on Kicking an Old Right, school. right, right, right. That was the best thing about that movie. Yeah, I remember going into my dressing room, right, my trailer, mm-hmm. and you had snuck in there. You're leaning against the wall, and your dick was out. And I, I wanted went, you to feel comfortable because you had shown me your dick I first. I understand that. Right, right, right. Well, I don't know if you. I think you showed yours first. Oh, well, that's an argument we could have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think it doesn't it stem from something. I think you you weren't born into the world thinking. I know I'm going to show my dick to everybody. Something happened probably as a child because my friend Deneen is always like, I talked to my therapist about you, Michael, and my therapist says maybe you had arrested development or something happened tragically to you as a child, and that's the reason you whip your dick out everywhere. Mm. Did something, is that, do you think maybe that's why we do that? Or maybe we're free. That's what I think. Could that, could that be it? Could it be that I don't really give a fuck? I don't give a fuck either. So it's like, I don't care where it stems from. It may or may not have happened, the, you know, the genesis of it, but I, was, I could just been born with it. But let me say this, anyone listening now, I'm far more protective of my Johnson than before. Like, like I'm on a show, a couple of things I'm doing, and I don't behave like that. You don't behave on the show like that. Is it because I used to it's behave an... like that on Mad TV, and I think that it gave me a really weird reputation. Really? Yeah, because I shit in like the executive producer's office, and then, then I shit in like Ike's dressing room. Just not in just the bathroom. Let, rewind the here, rewind here. So you shit in someone's office. Briefly, yeah. tell me about why you did that. Because it's America. What are you talking about? I mean, you just took a shit in someone's office. Well, no, it's revenge. What? What? Why was it revenge? What did the guy when do? When I first. Because I, when I first got on the show, Jackie Chan was um, guest star or doing a thing, and I knew he was coming up, and I was new on the show, so I wrote the executive producer a letter. And he go, dear Dick Basucci, that's his name. Dick Basucci. Great legend. Great guy. And I said, you know, I know I'm new on the show, but I don't even have to have a line. I just want to be an extra. I, I want to just be around him because I grew up with him. Sure. And... Then, like, I forgot about it, and then a couple of months later, I was watching the show, and he was on it. They didn't put me in. 
And so I shit in his office. How'd you get to his office? What were you in? It was actually, um, it, <laughs> it was doing? actually not, I didn't like pull my pants on and just take a shit. Sure. I, I walked in, you know who Ike Barinholtz is? I don't. Ike Barinholtz, he's on fire right now, but he was on the, um, the Mindy show, but he was also on Mad. He was also in Suicide Squad, so a bunch of new movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Baron Holtz and a girl by, by the name of Nicole Parker, a very talented lady, they were writing a sketch. And I walked in, and they were using Dick's computer. And I said, what's up? They're like, we're writing. Get out. I go, all right. But then they go, I, as a joke goes, stick these tums in your butthole. And I go, mistake. Right. That was a mistake. No. No, it was a mistake for them to ask you, tell you to do that. That's not a mistake. Oh, okay. That's a my gift. bad. My bad. So I go, all right. So then I um, pulled my pants down. I stuck three tums in my butthole. And I was still bent over. And then my butthole started foaming <laughs> like a mad dog. It was making this noise too, like, you know, you know it was like foaming. Right, yeah, I don't know that. By sound, this time, but... Nicole and Ike are on the ground. Absolutely, they can't breathe. It's so funny. Right, and I was—I think I was making noise too, like you know, <laughs> you right, know? Right. like a mad dog. And then I go, I'm gonna, because sh- I could still feel them in the tube, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to shit them out. You know, how funny would that be? Pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, uh, and they came up, pop, 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 you know, but they were like <laughs> not this regular size, right? Of course, because they, they, they dissolved, right? Or whatever, yeah. But then after that, diarrhea came out. <laughs> So you, you shit in this guy's office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then do you remember that did he walk in? Yeah. So I went pop, 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 and then shit. And then I looked down, and it was like the whole thing was foaming. And it looked just so like Star Trekky, you know? Like what, what did he say? He comes in, looks at it, and he goes, clean it up, and he left. But then he didn't talk to me for like a couple of months. Do you regret it? No. I stayed on the show for six or seven more years after that, so bring me back to San Diego. What got your, uh, how'd you get the confidence to get on fucking stage? What happened? You were like working part-time somewhere. Well, the thing is with me is that I went to Palomar College after I graduated from high school. And I just got D's. Yeah, I just couldn't get, it was just bad. Yeah, I was dumb too. I was dumb. Yeah, I wasn't smart. I just can't retain information at all. And I used to like not even go to class. And they had this like these six rooms, these little mini rooms with pianos in it. I would just sit there and just play piano, remember? Did you play piano? Yeah, I can play piano. And then then I just didn't, I did one semester. I just never went back. And it just kind of dawned on me that like, oh, you're going to be maybe the first Asian homeless guy in America. Not the first. And there's, in Hawaii, there's a couple. Sure. But, um, but I thought I would be homeless. Especially the in San Diego, the first age. And how old are you, right, at this age? 20, 20. 20, all right. 20, and so then I was in AA at the time. Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, and I, know, I, I know when I was seven, All right. I don't think you were at a car service place. <laughs> That's AAA. Yeah. And, um, and I ran into this guy named Scott Collings. And he goes, Gary Austin is doing some improv classes here in San Diego. I go, who's that? And he goes, he started the Groundlings. So I go, and he goes, I have a little studio. I think you're funny, so why don't you just come and do it? So I go, all right. So I did it. I took like, every time he'd come, I would do his seminar. And I would do good. And then, so then I, then I started driving up to San, LA. I've never told this story. To LA good. to take his classes in Burbank. And then one day we were at Jerry's Deli. I'm like, I don't know, 21, 22 
And he goes, I said, I play the piano like where I'm eating with him. And he said, I didn't know that about you. I go, yeah. He goes, that's the reason why you're never going to be a comedian because you, you hold things in. You don't know how to let go. And I go, what? All right, that's weird. And he goes, I'll tell you what. He goes, if you stand on, your, on this chair right now, and the place is packed, and you tell everyone that you play the piano, that you'll be in The Tonight Show in, within 10 years. Wait, 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 wait. He's asking you to get on this on, chair. I'm sitting on. In Jerry's Deli. Yeah, stand up and, and say, scream, I play the piano. That's it. Yeah. And then he says, you'll be on Leno in 10 years. Yeah, because he didn't think I was going to do it anyway. I stood up and I did it. And then the place gave me a, a round of applause. And then I sat back down. I thought you were just an insane person. Yeah, insane person, yeah. He died recently, by the way. I'm sorry to hear that. And that's the last time I saw him, that Jerry's Deli incident. And he was the person who really got you to... Yeah, I never really said that out loud. I should... No, he didn't really get my... But he was like one of the He gave guys. you the confidence. Yeah. Then I went back to San Diego. I, I lived in San Diego. And then I, um, I was working at this coffee shop. It closed... And what was I, the name of the coffee shop? I just wanted. It was called Disc Cafe. It was owned by ninety one X Radio Station. Okay. Uh, Mike Halloran and his um, cousin Anthony, I think, and it closed. And I went next door because I used to get change at the comedy store for the Disc Cafe. So Fred Burns, the manager, knew who I was. And then he goes, and there was a help wanted sign. I go, I need a job. And he goes, you can bar back here. So then I started bar backing there, and then I was watching the open mics one night and I go, I got to try it. And then that was it. Now we've talked about this ad nauseum. How many times have we talked about like our nerves and our, you know, our fear of failure when you started, it sounds like you had some more balls than I thought you'd have. I mean, to, to get up there. Well, when you have nothing, I couldn't, I was unfuckable. I find that hard to believe. I mean, imagine San Diego, very conservative at the time. Right. I did. I had to go to Tijuana to get girls. You fucked girls in Tijuana. Yeah. She's a rubber. Yeah. All right. Well, don't look at me like that's a crazy well, I mean, thing it's, to it's, say. It's, yeah. Some people don't. They should rubbers. be more afraid of me than them. You know. Right. So I did that, and then, um, <laughs> you know, when you when you when you come to in your life, you go, I'm not going to be able to ever buy a house because I have no skills, I have no money, I have no future. Should I kill myself? I was sober, so I was like, I'll just relapse. I mean, what's the point? Or you have to go for it. All right, so the first time you went up on stage, I want to hear what, the, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, how many people are there. Well, all right, so the first, this guy named Randy I met, he goes, there's an open mic, because I was working at the store, but he goes, there's an open mic in downtown San Diego at this coffee shop. He goes, I'm going to do stand-up. I want you to come. So I went to go support him, but he had signed me up too. Did you have material right No. So when they said it, I just, they said my name. And your heart starts pounding. No, I just walked up there. You walked up there and what did, what did you say? I don't remember what I did, but I just did it. You don't have any recollection? No, I don't, I don't think it was good, but I went up and then the feeling of it was what I want. You know what? I'm going to call in the next open mic at the comedy store. But the feeling of it is like, a rush that I've never felt before. You you need that rush. You need that instant gratification. You need those people. It's not the people. I need exhilaration in that way because, you know, when you do drugs f for so long at such a young age, 
I'm your dead inside almost. And, you know, you go to the zoo, you're like, what the fuck? I don't give a fuck about, you know, nothing excites you. So then that feeling of like, holy fuck, that was a rush, even though that was embarrassing and it was terrible. And so then I just did it the next Sunday. And then, and then it just happened really fast. Like, what year is this? 1995. 95. Would you say you were a decent comedian within the first year or two? But what I did, know about myself is most of the comics in san diego hated me why i just didn't play nice did you shit in their office no what'd you do man fuck i have a thing that i do that i'm not proud of but if i feel like somebody isn't talented (laughs) i can shut off you know so it's like these guys have been doing it for 20 years down there. Like one guy came up to me and goes, hey, kid, I've been doing stand-up since the 70s, and you don't know anything about comedy timing. You he said quit. this to Yeah, you. he said to my face. Oh, man. And as soon as that guy said that, I was just like, you know what? It's a war because I'm not going to quit and fuck these guys. And they, I just most of the people down there hated me. And, I, you know, people go, it's not them. I think it was me. I think I'm opportunistic. Well, when I think opportunistic, you take advantage of people, situation. No, it's like, it's like when, so when Pauly first saw yes, me yeah. six months in. I wanted to get there. Where did, take us there. I mean, there. I was at an open mic. Pauly Shore was there. And, and this I knew, comedy I knew store? His, yeah. I knew his mom. It's San Diego, though. Right. Oh. I, knew, I knew his mom owned the club. And I went. Were you starstruck? A little bit, but I was just like, he came up to me and he goes, dude, you're so weird up there. Like, oh, cool, you know? And so I kind of just, like, clung on to him. Really? I met him. I met Carlos Mencia. I met Joe Rogan. I met a bunch of guys back then. And they were all starting with a lot of them? No, Mencia. I think I met Mencia in 96, 95, 96, and he had done an HBO special at that time. Or he was about to, something like that. There was some heat on him. But he was headlining down there on the weekend, so... As soon as I met Pauly, I opened for him in Vegas, which is like 5,000 seats how, at the wait, top wait, of the world. How, how soon after? Really soon. Like, I had been doing comedy maybe at that point nine months. What the fuck? Come on. Yeah. And then that night, I was in Vegas. Mitzi came up to me, his mom, and said, um, you're, you're weird up there. So <laughs> something different about you. Same thing Pauly said. Yeah. And I go, oh. And he, she goes, I'm going to make you a regular in Hollywood. And then that was it. What were you doing that was weird? Explain your... I mean, you're a weird guy. I know that. I've watched your... I just saw you in Irvine a month ago. Yeah, yeah. You got me on stage. Yeah. And you do these things where you do a strip tease with a guy and you're comfortable with your sexuality yeah. and you don't give a shit. What did you do at that time? I think at that time, there wasn't a lot of Asian guys doing it. So... Were you telling a lot of Asian jokes? Yeah, but you know what? Not... There weren't the... I don't think they were typical. Maybe they were. I don't know. I don't remember them. I had really big hair. I think that's what it was. I had hair like out to here. I've seen pictures. Yeah. And I would do jokes about my hair. And and also I would wear Hawaiian shirts or sometimes I would wear like overalls, you know, and then wear a cowboy hat, but with his hair. And I was just a weird looking kid. Right. And so they, I think, I don't think it has anything to do with what I said. Right. I think it was just the way I looked really mainly. But you said you felt like uh, you, you're, you're opportunistic. I, I don't 
don't you think in a way like we all do that like we're enamored by someone we like someone but then they have to like something in us to let them hang out to let us hang out with them well you gotta so have that a, you gotta have that yeah affirmation sure but it's still i feel like me being opportunistic i still feel like i don't belong a lot of times i think i've told you but that. do you think you're opportunistic no i I mean, sure, we could, we could all be. I think we all, we've all been on. But I feel like sometimes I'm in a room with big celebrities and I just try to act cool. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, fucking, I don't belong here. My, yeah. my, my agent's like, why don't you go to the Golden Glows? I go, I'm not nominated for fucking anything. Yeah. He's like, no, so what? You belong. I go, no, I don't belong there. I wasn't nominated. I feel like a fucking idiot. My dad called me once and he goes, why don't you do more movie? <laughs> you, and I go, well, they just, I want to be in movies. They just want, the new one he said, he thought it was my fault. And he goes, well, you have to call them. You have to call the studio and say you are available. Like he's saying, he thinks that that's how. That's how it works. Like I can call Sony and go, hey, I want to be Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, Bobby Lee, uh, we're going to have an Asian Spider-Man next <laughs> yeah. year. Uh, yeah, my dad, I'd call and go, dad, I'm doing, I'm doing this movie. He's like, yeah, yeah, who's in it? I go, uh, well, there's not any big stars. What, what kind of movie is it? Uh, well, it's called an independent film. Yeah. That's not real. That's yeah. a, what you're saying does not sound <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah, That's yeah. not real. Fuck off. Right. But they must never... have been what, uh, proud of you when you were on Smallville, though, no? Uh, yeah, I think that's the first time it was when my dad's like, well, that's pretty good at least. Finally, well, something good. What do you mean? It was on every – I remember driving around town. No, I'm just saying what my dad said. I'm just saying. I like the show. I mean, but you drive around town, it was all over town. Yes, that was the first time I felt like, okay, uh, people recognize me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But – you, you too. I mean, wasn't your father the I've same? I've never fucking... really been on a billboard. No, nope. yes, you. Come on, you've been a... for one show. That's it. What show? Animal Practice. Yeah, yeah, but it really... was canceled after six episodes. Okay, well, you did six episodes. That's it's more than uh, all right. That's fine. Bobby Re- Bobby, Lee. Bobby Lee did. I just, I have character defects, Michael. Bobby, we both have a lot of uh, things in common. Them Bobby, we have fathers that we always fight for their approval. Right? Yeah. We want their approval. Right? That happens. That's. Do you still want your father's approval? At this point, I want my dad to stay alive. Is he dying? Yeah. He was dying when I met you on Kicking It Old School. No, he right? wasn't dying then. He wasn't? No, no. What's, what's wrong? Um, he had like like 10 mini strokes and then one big one. But he's hanging in there, but Good. he can't walk. He's bedridden. How old is he? 74. When was the first time that you, he, did he ever validate you and say, hey, I'm proud of you? Did that happen? You, are you trying to make me cry on the show? Is that what you're doing? No. We talk about this when we're backstage. I know, but like, I, I don't want you to th- think you can make me cry. Were you going to cry? No. Oh, I'm nowhere okay. near that. Okay, well, how, okay. But your questioning now is like making me go. Look, buddy. Is Mike, tr- no, don't call me buddy right now, man. Hey, you're trying pal. to make me cry, bro. Hey, buddy, this is called Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, I'm getting inside of you, that's Bobby Lee. That is true. So if you cry, I'm man. so sorry. I'm, I never cry. I I didn't expect. I you to would cry. never. Cry I've in never front seen of you. you cry. I've seen Harlan cry. He's gonna. Be yeah, maybe you're closer to him. Do you know like, Lady Gaga? I want to get her on the show. I don't know Lady Gaga. I mean, she'd be great on the show. The first time my dad validated me was because when I was in San Diego and I started, I called him and I said I was doing stand up, and he virtually hung up on me because he had no idea number one what it was. So he's like, "You, that's it." You don't call, you know, and then he hung up. Really? Yeah. He just disowned. I mean, I still talk to him after that, but to get money out of my mom, I would call my mom to get money out of them. So I would call mom, no more. You know, she would cry, no more. I go, I need just, I'm gonna make it. You made me cry now. What? 
Well, that that's, that gets me a little. Bit. Yeah, my dad, my mom would like cry on it, like don't, don't quit. You, you're never gonna, you know. What'd she expect you to do then? You're I don't like, know. I have no, doing? I have no idea, man. And then in 2000 or around there, I was working at the store, and these two guys came up to me and they said, "Hey, we're Bob and Ross, and we work at the Tonight Show, Leno." I go, huh? And they're like, "We want you to do it," and I go. And, uh, oh, what? Have you seen me? And they're like, because I couldn't get spots at the store at that time. And like, I think we think we can. We've been seeing you around town. So then they just helped me work on a set. And at the same time, I was I was auditioning for Mad Two at the same time. Mad TV. Yeah. How many uh, How Nine. many minutes did you do on Leno? I did five minutes. And they helped you on this. Yeah. Have you ever been more terrified than being on the Tonight Show? Well, it was fine until I got there. That's not good. I know. When I got there, I was with my brother. My brother had skated there. So he had a skateboard. I remember that. And I got him into the gate. And then we both walked to my dressing room. And next to me was Christina Ricci. Oh, yeah. And I remember Wednesday, right? Yeah. I remember walking by her dressing room. And my brother and I went, oh, my God. You know, like we were like. And then Sheryl Crow and Stevie Nicks was also the musical guy. Come on. Yeah. So we walked by their thing. And then I was like. Oh, shit. I'm fucked. I don't know how to do it. And I remember being in the room, and then Jay walked. I was with my manager and agent. Jay walks in. Hey, welcome to the show. You know, he's just with, he's a nice guy, right? Sure. Yeah, you're from the comedy store? I go, yeah. He goes, great, great. I remember Mitzi. And he just told these stories. And I just did not remember any of it. And you're just still nervous at this point from Petrified. I was petrified. Right. And they announced your name, ladies and gentlemen. Well, no, what's worse is this, is, is that now I'm behind that curtain. Oh, right, it's a and heavy, heavy curtain too. It's a heavy curtain, mm-hmm. and some guy with like one of those like walkie-talkie things with the mouthpiece. He kind of covers his mouthpiece and he turns to me and goes, "Don't worry about it, kid. Only sixteen million people are watching." What a dick! Right, and then all of a sudden here. Anyway, this next comic coming to stage, and when you come to moments like that in your life, you either go, "I got to hit it," or you you let the the occasion get you for a split second i just went fuck you i'm gonna do it i didn't say that to him in, I said that in my head of course fuck you yeah. i'm gonna do it fuck you dude yeah i'm gonna fuck do it. you yeah. you're sick right and i walked out there and i just remember just seeing lights and it's also way smaller than people think it is it's not as daunting when you're out there right and then i remember like doing jokes getting laughs Looking at my brother, my brother had a skateboard like this, and he had this like smile, but like this nervous smile. Then I, I, I finished, and then Jay called me over the couch. So I go, "Oh, this is a good thing." So it, does he, did he do the car somewhere? If he calls you to the couch, that means you did well. Uh, yeah, but they, 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 it doesn't really didn't do anything for my career, really. But <laughs> you, you never asked back. I, they did ask me back, but I just didn't do it again because I just didn't like the, I just the fear of it. I hated it. Also, the editing and, like, you know, you can't say that. You can't say this. I didn't like that. And then the next day, my dad called me crying. Come on. Yeah, man. and he goes, oh, me, mommy, I, we saw last night on Leno. I go, oh, yeah, cool, dad. And he goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't support you. You know what I mean? And he starts crying, right? And there was oh. a moment where I was, I wanted to go, that's right. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> But I go, oh, dad, don't, you know, because I'm a good person. I said, don't, dad, you know, don't cry, you know, that kind of a thing. But, yeah, he was really felt guilty about it. Wow. 
Yeah. That's that's powerful. Well, is it? Yeah, because my dad, he, uh, there was one of those moments where I didn't want to ever talk to him again. And I said, and I remember he just sent me a picture like six months later and we hadn't talked. And it was just a picture and it said, it was me of my bar mitzvah with my dad. And he was just holding me in the picture and he just put, if you ever think I don't love you, look at this picture. That was then. He couldn't say it with his words. Did you cry? I did cry. I think I cried. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a nice moment. Yeah. We're just so such different people. I don't think I, my dad would ever cry to me. But uh, You don't think so? No, I don't think so. But then fast forward, I remember you telling me the story when we did Kicking It Old School, and your father was so upset with the movie that he called from the theater? Yeah. Um, it aired in Phoenix, because my parents live in Phoenix now, and they went to a theater by their house. It was opening night on a Friday, 8 p.m. show, and he calls me, and he, I go, yeah, Dad? He goes, there's nobody here. <laughs> <laughs> nobody. And they and guess what? They didn't play it. They didn't play the movie? Yeah, they came up to my parents. They're the only ones in there, and they said, we're not going to play the movie. It's a waste of time. We're losing money here. Yeah, yeah. I, it was, I've never heard of that before. So my parents go, oh, okay, and they got back in the car and they've never seen the movie since. So are you happy about that? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I just think that if you're going to play it, play the movie. By the way, we had fun, didn't we? It was probably the best. We had so much fun. Human experience in terms of working I've ever had. Yeah, me too. Um, I met you on there. Yep. I met. I got closer to Jamie on yeah, that. Jamie was great. And um, yeah, it was a fun. You know, it was so funny because I remember this is exactly when a video game came out called Oblivion. It's a Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and I remember buying an Xbox in Vancouver. And I remember for four days, because I had like four days off. And they're like, you want to fly back to L.A.? I go, no. And I remember never I – I didn't leave the Sutton at all. I had room service the whole time, and I just never left. Heaven. It was heaven. The shades were down. Oh, God. Yeah, we had a good time. And I thought I, that was going to be like, oh, this is going to happen more often. Like, that was like – can I just say this? Yeah. Out of all the movies I've ever done, that was the longest I've ever worked. <laughs> What do you mean the longest? Because like if I when I when I did the dictator, I was there for four days. Yeah. Then I did reshoots a month later. When I did Harold and Kumar, or even was a recent movie. Even I just did a, a movie, um, Keeping Up with the Joneses. So you're a day player, is what you're saying? Yeah, and I did four days on that. I mean, I did my scene with John Hamm and Zach, but you know, it was fun. You know, you you go, you shoot for three or four days, and then you're back on a plane and back. Yeah. And this then, one you felt like you were really part of something. That I felt I'm part of because I was there for so long and I had to take dancing classes and it was amazing. I feel like now I'm at the age where I feel like all my friends start hiring me now. Like I don't even know why I have an agent sometimes. I'm like my buddy Dax will go, hey, you want to do this part in the movie? Sure. Yeah. My buddy James goes, hey, you want to be in Guardians? So I'm like, yeah. And I'll do a day or two here and it's just sort of like I get work from my friends. Yeah. That's the way it's supposed to work. That's I what think. I think. Because even with you, like I, you know, I want you to do stand up. I wanted you to do this podcast. I want you. to- <laughs> It really all happened with you and Harlan. I was doing your podcast, and yeah. you you put me on the spot and said you're fucking doing stand up, and it's the most terrifying fucking thing. I've talked about that, but it's yeah. But still, it's like you look at certain people and you go, and people that you love, and you go, I think that they're missing an opportunity, and I think the opportunity is, like I said don't expect anything from it, but it gives you a different muscle that you normally wouldn't have. And 
I just think that with you, I think Will Sasso has the same thing, although he won't do it. Why won't he do it? He's afraid, I think. It, it is absolutely fucking terrifying to do it. I can only assume it would be in your case because you have already a reputation. When you're an unknown guy, you work at Blockbuster or well, not Blockbuster, but whatever, Best Buy, and you're like, I want to try it. No one knows me. That's one thing. Because when you bomb, you bomb in front of yeah. people that don't know who you are and also you're in a small town or whatever. But you're starting in L.A., and you're also doing the kind of shows you're doing, like are the big ones. Well, that's what's terrifying. I'm going up with guys like you or Swartzen or Harlan or Joe Rogan and Apatow when I'm in the middle, and they're like, and you can't tell everybody, hey guys, I just want you to know that I just started. You don't yeah. fucking do that. You just go out and go, I'm, I just got to hold my own. It's like what you said on the Leno thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. you just got to say, shit your pants or dive in. So that's a big, that's, you're already elevated into like a headliner kind of a status. Yeah. Which is um, very difficult, I think. But you're doing it, so whatever. You're fucking doing it. But you've told me some horror stories. You've told me like. I've had so many horror stories. I mean, the, the one that you told me the other night, I was just like, we actually cried. Oh, yeah. You cried on stage. I cried on stage, yeah. When I first signed with my manager, Abby, she goes, I'm, I'm going to have the world see you. This is before The Tonight Show. I go, okay. She's like, I'm calling everyone I know to see you. She <sighs> goes, so she shut me up at a showcase at the improv. But at that time on Monday nights, it was Freaky Monday, which is an urban night, all black comics, which is fine. How many people? I mean, you know, the improv, a couple hundred, two, two, three hundred people. But so the last row were basically Montreal, all these agencies, all these people that wanted to see me, some production companies. And then the rest was just the people that came to the show. And I had these right before I went up, I had these two black kids who were hip hop artists, but they're like nine. And they're on stage and they're crushing like people are up on their feet dancing and I'm on the side going, is this going to backfire on me? This doesn't seem right. So then the host goes up there and goes, all right, give it up for, I forgot what their names were. I blocked it out. The host goes, the Johnson brothers. And the place goes crazy. And then the two kids wouldn't leave the stage. They, they were stayed on the stage with you when you walked out there. Well, they stayed on the stage, and he, like an idiot, this host, goes, well, you ain't going to leave? They're like, nah. And the audience is like, nah. Right? He goes, all right, well, I'm going to bring the next comic up anyway. And he goes, this next Asian brother, as soon as I stepped on stage, you can feel hostility. As soon as I open my mouth, the kids in the back, they just start dancing. You know what I mean? Showing you up. Showing to show me up. And then I can see immediately that I'm really bombing, but to the point where it's life-altering. I've never bombed that hard. To the point where they were like yelling. What are they saying? I don't remember, but... Get off the stage! Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of thing. suck! And I'm like... Because I knew Montreal was there. Uh, comedy festival. And I knew that it was kind of over. So then my body just went, Cry! I just, tears, I'm still talking, but tears are coming Come down my face. Come on, you're at the improv on stage and tears are coming down your face in front of all these people. Yeah, my friend Jonathan was there to support me. God sick. Was he still your friend? Yeah, he moved, but yeah, I love him. But he, tears are coming down. 
And I just remember walking on. I didn't say goodnight. At two minutes, I did. I was supposed to do like 10 minutes or whatever. I walked off stage, and Jonathan was there by the like door, and he hugs me. And I walk out with him, and I think I said, I think I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> what if you go to like the darkest place yeah, ever? I know. Really, I felt that way. I, I felt that way. Yeah. Because I don't want to live. Yeah. Till this day, it's a horrible. Thing. I haven't been to Montreal. I think that that affected me that much, and that was seventeen years ago. Till this day, it's affected me. That one moment in time. That is insane. It's how insane. It affects you. I have lived with that for seventeen fucking years. If it would happen to me now, I have the skills. To survive it, right? And also the emotional maturity to go, oh, this is not your night. Just fine. Everyone understands. But at that time, I was so green. When did you get back on stage after that? The next night. That's not the point. But that's the one thing that I know about myself, which is a good thing, which is is that I still have the balls and the bravery to go, you know what, I'm going to do it again. I mean, so I obviously didn't quit. Because you did this. You auditioned for a show that I did that I wanted you to audition for. Remember? Yeah, I did. It's called Impassor. It, it was canceled. It only lasted two I seasons. That. But I wanted you to come in for it. Yeah, I tested for it. Yeah, and you thought you did horribly. It and... wasn't like that because I, unpastored, I don't have feelings of that. I have not had a single feeling of that. Right. I just say that to you. I don't think it was the best audition. But, um, yeah, I don't have a single You hate feeling. auditioning, though. Yeah, I find them to be dreadful, yeah. But don't you think getting an offer is worse? Well, this pilot, the show that I just got picked up was like that, where I was just driving down the street and they go, you got an ABC pilot. And I go, how? I don't know. We, they just offered it to Splitting you. Splitting up, ABC. Splitting up together. Splitting up together. Oliver Hudson? And Jenna Fisher, yeah. And you, did, you didn't audition. See, the thing is, auditioning sometimes is better even though we hate it. <laughs> yes. Because if you get it and you don't audition when you go on, on set and you're doing it, and they're like, that's not, he's doing it completely that's wrong. That's what happened. With, I think go. that's what happened with that Natasha thing, another period, where they offered it to me. I showed up and I go, I don't, the material is just so different than I'm used to. I like dialogue that's like, you're in the streets or whatever I'm playing, but I can't do his, like historical or play a pirate or anything like that. I think you could play a pirate. Maybe. But um, so when I got Spling Up Together, they did a dinner to meet me. And Oliver and Jenna were there, and all the kids that are in the show. That was fine. But then two days later, I had a table read for the network in the studio. Worst. And I don't remember if it was my manager or my agent, and they said, don't fuck this up. Ugh. This is your audition. I, go, I thought I would have that. I know, but they go, <laughs> you, can get, you can get fired from a table read. And so I did a pre-table read. I think they did it just for me. Sure. And it, it was the worst table read I've ever had. But they gave you direction and then you were better for the read. Not even that. What I was giving myself notes. What I know how to like divide the lines up with, with symbols. I do lines. Do you hate memorizing lines? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can do it. But the best job I've ever had was Kirby Enthusiasm because, you know, when you do it, you know, you, obviously you're doing it. That's how I, Jeff Garland got me that and uh, the audition. And that's how Allison Jones really kind of began to like me is I walked in there and I, my audition was with Larry. I screen tested with him. That's screen test, but they taped it. Right. And it sounds cooler. When you I was, and I, I, I was in my 
zone. I mean, I can do that because it's all about listening. And I know that, you know, I can improvise, but, you know, lines are fine. I can do them. I can do lines. I can act. I mean, I, w- I mean, I love it when they go, just have one take on your own. Just do your own take. Yeah, always. That's always, always. fun. That's always fun. Let me do it. Let me do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kalila. That's mm. your girl. Yeah. How long have you been together? Four years. I was just on your Tiger Belly show. You're great. You did a great job. But you guys are really good together. I'm not just saying that. But you now, I'm curious about your relationships with women. Are they usually, I mean, this one seems to be working really well. Are they usually volatile? So the prime reason why I did comedy in the first place is to meet women. You just want to get pussy? Yeah. Well, of course. So I was 23 with the first time I really had any girl. Before that, we're all prostitutes. How many? Hundreds. <laughs> butt sex? No butt sex at all. Okay, you don't like that? You're not I still that. don't do that. You've never done it? I have. But you don't like it? Okay. Not okay. Thing. Keep going. 23 prostitutes. So I remember when Pr- Princess Diana died. Maybe I was 24, but Princess Diana died. Being a doorman at the store on a Friday, you can host one of them. So I hosted one of the shows. And there was this girl, this beautiful white chick in the front row. And she was like very emotional. Like you could tell that the Princess Diana thing tore up. So at the end of the show, I don't know why I did this, but I just walked up to her. People were walking out and I just put my hand on her back and I go, I'm sorry, you know, that Princess Diana died, but you'll see another day tomorrow and you should seem like a nice person. I just try to give her a, Nice compliment. Were you just doing that to be nice? Yeah, there's, I, because when I look at white chicks that hot back then, I was like, there's no way. It's not even a possibility. So just this is, just this is like, I'll, I'll give you an example. It's like me having sex with Natalie Portman now. To me, that's not a possibility. That's how I felt with just women in general <laughs> back then. Like, it's not even an option. <laughs> so what happened? So you patted this girl on the back. You and said, then she just Sorry. left. She left. Right. So then we had a second show somebody else hosted. And then at around one in the morning, I'm closing up and the phone rings at the comedy store. And Fred Burns, the manager, goes, Hey, Lee, you got a message. You got somebody on the phone. And I go to the phone. I go, Hi, hi. She goes, Hi, I'm Jennifer. I was that girl that you padded. You padded and said that weird little thing at the end. I go, Oh, yeah, yeah. She goes, You want to hang out? Come on. And I nearly, my dick. It was hard right on the conversation. Not just a heart, it was glowing. A glowing penis, a radiant It was reborn, penis. like a phoenix. A phoenix, was yeah, the yeah. rebirth of your penis. If you saw it, it would just be like in flames. And how long before you showed her your flaming penis? Well, so then I went and I took her to coffee. Boring, and then boring. She lived at her mom's house. Right. And then I went to a dinner maybe three or four days after that. But then the next week, I was in her closet doing 69. In her, why in her closet? Because her mom was home. So I was doing 69 with her, right? Which I'd never done before with a girl. Wow. Was never. she a short girl or a tall she girl? She was tall. So a, was that, was dude, that, was she that, was a, she looked like Jennifer Lawrence at the time. Just a healthy, yeah, beautiful, American, tall, yeah, sure. white. And imagine being, you know, look. I look like a, one of those troll toys no, with the hair. No, you're too hard on yourself. I think you're really cute, handsome. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. Well. And then I remember doing that going... You know, I had her cheek, little white Kate Blanchett cheeks <laughs> within my hand. The butt cheeks, yeah. The butt cheeks. I was spreading it, you know. I was getting in there. You 
Wait a minute. That was, you hit her ass. Yeah, I do all that. Oh, I've never done that. Yeah, and I was going, I can't believe it. While you're doing it? Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Wait, wait, wait. You're eating her ass and saying, oh, I can't believe not, this. Not hourly. Like, I'm like Nixon. Inside, inside. Like I'm not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> I, pulled a Nixon. I pulled a Nixon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a treat. There, yeah. And, and that's so what from I knew. there, that's when you got the confidence. Now I got confidence. I'm, I'm funny. Oh, That's not even why she liked you. She yeah. just, you were compassionate. You were yeah. Like, and then things like that would happen. Like I did this casino like a year after that in Fresno. And a, a, a old cocktail waitress, a blonde, she was like old, like older. How old? I don't even remember. Don't say it because probably my age. Yeah, yeah. Our age now. And she's like, hey, you're cute. <laughs> and that was it. And I remember being, being in her house, doing the same thing with her cheeks <laughs> in the closet. I can't believe I'm here. I'm not a crook. Then later, years later, when I'm single, I'll try anything. So I remember being um, in Sacramento at the Punchline, and I was with Kevin Christie. You know Kevin? No. And at the end of the show, this 60-year-old lady comes up to me, and she goes, she gives me her hand as like a handshake, like it's a politician or something. She goes, sir, very funny. So as I was grabbing her hand, I could feel there was something in my hand. It was a note. It was a note. And what did it say? Hey, if you ever want to have drinks or whatever. And so I go up to Kevin, I go, this old lady, she thinks. He's like, you should try it. I go, what do you mean? Well, who knows? I go, she's a grandmother. He's like, yeah, but try it. So I go, okay. So I called her. And then the next thing I know. <laughs> no, next thing I was, no, I was in a Bronco. Her Bronco. It was during the day, I remember. God. And I had her titty out, you know, and I'm was it saying, nice. Was it, it was, nice? yeah, it was nice. She had her boobs done, sure. And there was like toys from her grandkids all over the Bronco. So I'm slipping on the toys with her titty out, and I just go, you know, but no, Kalila, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we ease into yeah, Kalila. But, but then now that was years ago, but then I'm, you know, I when Tinder came out, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Tinder was the best when it first came out. I never was on Tinder. It was the best invention. Because my problem is this, is I can never sense if somebody likes me. Who and can? I, Who can? Right, and I don't like rejection. But on Tinder, if you match, they already like you. Right. You know, I don't have to sell them on my right. looks. So, and then you would go, oh my God, I just matched up with the hottest chick. What ever. kind of pictures are you putting in there, by the way? Were you putting like, oh my I want to look as bad as possible. I don't want to look like old. Because when they meet you, you're like, oh, maybe you're better looking at part. You try to look as great as you can. Bobby, I had a system, fuck? man. I put my really good headshots as my fucking thing. Your headshots? Yeah, but the really good ones. No, not that one. Not that one. No, the ones that are like pro pro, right? Then the four I mean, other that's false advertising. That's just fucking me, bro. That's no, but check this out. What I do, you have to, you have to paint a picture. But then you destroy it. You don't destroy it. it because you you're gonna. They don't know what you're like. Oh, your personality jumps so, in. Yeah, my personality oh. is my fucking weapon. Smart, right? But the next ones are with like your friends that are cool, but not in like. Let me get a selfie at a restaurant. Where it's obviously you're like canoeing. Right. You're canoeing with like a famous person. <laughs> like who? Who are you canoeing um, with? 
Like, I think I did a photo, like, just me and Eric Stone Street hanging out at, like, his house. Like, those kind of words, like... If she sees me with him, now she's a better chance. No, but all of them are like that. Right. All, like, me with Elijah Wood, you know what I mean? In a forest. (laughs) Where else else would you be with Elijah? No, I had literally one was with me and Dominic Monaghan having a meal. Sure. Right? Because I wanted people to know that I know hobbits. Right. And so then they go, holy fuck, this guy, even if they don't know who I am, they go, this is a pro photo. He knows Dominic Monaghan. He eats with him. Yeah. He skis with, you know, so-and-so. And then when you meet them, that's when you put your magic on it. It works. And I did that with Kalila. And she fell in love with you right away? No. It took time? You had to really work Dude, at it? Dude, it took me a month and a half. And then when I was in her house in Long Beach. <laughs> no. No. I, that's when I would like we were like kind of like making out and stuff, and then she fucking takes her fist, and she punches me in the face, and she goes, "Tell me you want to kill me," and I fell in love. Stop it, right now. That's what she that's said. That's a lie. It's not a lie. She fuck you. She didn't punch you in the face. She punches me in the face, closed fist. Yes, and tells me, "Tell me you want to kill me." Did you tell her that? Yeah, I put my hand on her neck like that. And I squeezed it. I go, I want to kill you. And then, and I go, let me just stick the tip in. You know how you do that move from the heights? I've heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So did you put the tip in? Yeah, yeah. And she goes, but don't stick it all. You know, that kind of game. And I can't believe I'm saying all that stuff. Because the thing is, is this, is that you think if I say stuff like that, that's going to get me kicked off this pilot, this show I'm on? I always have that fear. Because they already vetted me, right? They already know I talk about stuff like that. See, this is what I wanted to get to. From the beginning of this conversation, mm-hmm. uh, I started feeling like, is this a new Bobby? Is this the rebirth? Is he now going to not show his dick so much? Is he going to not be – is he changing? And I thought, uh, is that what he's getting at? Like he's not, like not going to put his dick in my fucking hummus? I'm not doing that. I didn't ask you to. I'm just saying. I'm not doing it. I'm not asking you to put You're your doing dick. that as a, like a, what no, magicians do. I'm asking. No, no, no. I'm saying did, in the beginning. You did your hand like a magician and then like all of a sudden I'm doing it. I'm saying that in the beginning it sounded like you're not doing that stuff anymore. Yeah. Here's why I am. I'm proud of you, by the way. I think it's great. Because what happened was. You are changing. I'm going to tell you what happened. Did you get in trouble with the law? Yeah. The law. Well, I don't know. Last year. Oh, shit. I get a call going, you got a commercial com- campaign with Jordan Peele, Chelsea Peretti, and Jane Lynch. Yeah. And Keegan. Right. And I go, oh, and it was for a lot of money. How much? I don't want to say it. I'll say it off air. Okay. And they go, you're doing it. And I go, cool. But then at the same time, I was getting emails because of Tiger Belly from an African-American woman extorting money from me. She was like, you said this about black people. And I go, because you have to put it in context, though. I did an episode with Asa Akira who's a porn star and she's a friend of mine. And we did an hour on Asians. We talked about the Vietnamese, the Japanese, Filipinos. You talk about everybody. Right. And we did one episode about Mexicans. And then I said one thing. And I'll say it now. I said that black people were sometimes oily. And I don't know what even that means. Right. That's all I said. Sometimes Jews are oily. Right. I'm oily right now. I know you are. This interview, this conversation's making me oily. Yeah. And so then she goes, I'm going to blast this out as if I didn't say it already on my podcast. 
but I'm going to go to every media outlet if you don't send me $15,000. Did you send it to her? No. Of course not. It's fucking blackmail and extortion. Right. So now I'm on set. With, I'm doing a scene with John, Jane Lynch. I'm on, her, I'm on her bed. I've seen that. You make it out with make her? Make out with her. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying there, and then these two lawyers come up to me, and they go, can we pull you up to the side? Come on. Yeah. They go, we just want to let you know that we got a complaint from this lady who said you said this is something racist or whatever. And literally, you have no idea. Um, literally, I, I, I could have cried blood. I was so angry. Like you could just, it was like, but I was like, this is what I just said. I don't know what you're talking about. And they go, I, yeah, we don't even know either. I go, yeah, what do you, and, the, and they go, even if you had said that, we already vetted you. So we already know all the things you've said. So we just want to let you know that it's cool. Right. So then that right. next day, I call everyone, my lawyer, everybody, and we sent her like, letters. Just you know, like, stop, stop this. Yeah, but ever since then, like, I've been editing and stuff. So you're scared from that one thing you said, you're sort of altering or changing some things that you do normally. Yeah. I'm not, so I'm not going to probably see your penis as much as I used to. Well, you're not going to see it for a long time. How long? I have At pictures. least 10 days. I could hold out. Yeah. Let me just see how this thing goes. I mean, for me, also, here's another thing is, is that sometimes I'll play a comedy club for the first time and they'll go, wow, you, you're nothing like what we thought you were going to be like. And I go, what do you mean? And they go, you're actually like coherent and nice. Yeah, go, What's are. my reputation? That you're going to burn the club on fire. Jesus. Like that's like some people think that I'm that crazy that I would that I'm almost impossible to work with, which is it's an the act. opposite. It's called an act. So those all those little things and then also turning forty five, you're kinda like how long can you you know, so I'm just like I'm gonna just do my thing and then we'll see, you know? So the last time I saw your dick could have been the last time. Yeah. Okay. But you have a good memory. I have pictures. Yeah, pictures. So have pictures just of your describe to everyone what it look, looks like. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. You always, I think you used to say. What does it look small. like? It's a, uh, is it kind of blue or something? It's purple. Purple. So I'm colorblind. It, I am, actually. You are? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not kidding around. I don't care. Well, I'm, I am colorblind. That's fine. But it is. I, to say blue, you believe me that I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Why, is, why is it purple? It looks dead. Why? why? Because it might be. <laughs> are, are you the, one of the few people that have a purple penis? No, I, here's what it is. Is it a genetic thing? I'm just going to let describe to people what it is. Okay. If everyone knows the movie ET, mm, yeah. Everyone knows when he was sick in the river. Do you remember? <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. Pale. Yeah, flowers were dying. Yeah. Um, he had no more of a glow on his pinky or finger. Right. That's what it looks like. Bobby. Mm. I uh I really appreciate you uh, allowing me to be inside of you today. Is it the end? It doesn't have to be. I mean, so we, we did an hour. I, I have so much more. I just love these stories. I can go on for fucking ever. I mean, I was going to read your freaking tweets. My nutsack was hanging out of a hole in my jeans during my interview with Rover Radio. How embarrassing. You yeah, it's very embarrassing. Oh, I did Rover Radio a couple of days ago. I was in Cleveland. Yeah. And um, I was really upset because... They have this leather couch, this white leather couch. Right. And one time I just did my interview naked on it, and I left a, a brown streak 
and they never cleaned it. So other guests would sit on this brown streak, but it would. But then I hadn't been there in a couple of years, and I looked at it. It was pretty much faded. It made me sad. The faded shit. Yeah, the old faded. I told him to cut it out and just reupholster it, and then just like frame it. Congratulations on this. Um, it was good to be back in your house. Let me. This is this is a lot of fun. You've had great parties re- there. Yeah, you're really busy. I mean, you're a busy guy. I mean, it's hard to get a hold of you. You're more. You're, you're no. Uh, I'm just flaky. You're elusive. Yeah. You, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. Here's you are. I want to say this, Mike. Right. Is you think? I wish I was more like you in that way. I'm just so like I can't lie to people. People text me. I text right back. But I know you. You are flaky. But no, I'm not flaky. Here's what it is: is I only respond to in importance to like seriousness. So if it's like my mom, dad is in the hospital again, that I'll respond to. So you're saying that if I called you and I said, hey, my house just fell on me? You no, know, no, but your texts are, are like, about? how's your asshole? Uh, not exactly, but something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 but in that region. Well, that's of, just humor. I know it's humor. It's but just, it's like. It's me reaching out for a friend. Yeah, so I'll go, I'm going to text later back, and then I never forget. No. You, but you know, here's, the, here's the thing, though. Here's ahead. the thing is that, that I am known to be like that, but um, it's not a personal thing. I'm not upset with no, you. No, I'm just going to say something that I um, – it is something that I want to get better at. But the great thing is you gave me Kalila's number and her email, and that got you here. Well, the, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, is that that is the only way I'm anywhere because she is the one that goes, you have to go do it. Like, okay, I you, need that. Do you have a calendar? No. You don't have a calendar? I have no idea. I know that I have to go to Seattle tomorrow, but I just found that out. Bobby, where do you want to be, honest to God, like in the next 10 years? You're 50, let's say you're 55 years oh, old. This is what I want. This I really plan. want to know. I want this show, splitting up together, to last for eight years. You want it to last eight years so you can be rich? So I can just make some money, right? And then I'll do my podcast still. I'll right, do it on the own. road. And then at that point, I'll be 55, and I'm like, mm, I could retire soon. So let me ask you this. Is that really truthful? When you're 55 and you have money and fame and you're like, hey, I can retire. You're going to retire. You would no, I would, retire. no, I'll still stay in LA. Stay, I will always stay in LA. I will always try to get spots in LA. I don't want to compete. But still, it's like, you know, since Mad TV, yeah, I did animal practice, got canceled. I worked. I do the road. I make money. But I've never been in a position where I was like, Oh, I'm going to take two years off. Most people aren't in that position. Don't look at me Some like people that. aren't like that. Don't look at me like that. Let, Let me ask you something. Like, yes. Could you take two years off Could and I not make two... a dime? Look. look. No, look at me right now and not make a dime. Yes. There we go. I'm being honest. I can, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to hurt me. I, can I live forever? Will I be? Will I have the great I lifestyle? I just want that security. Two, two years, yes. Would I have to change some things? But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I could do it for two years. Without yeah, well, there you go. Stuff. Yeah, if I lived in like Alhambra in a one bedroom, Rob, could you last two years without working? No, a year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. How did you make money before this, though? He makes he makes good money actually. Oh, right now, as a photographer? No, 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 he does other things. I work at a, a creative agency. What's it called? Strike Point. And what what do you mean creative agency? It's like talent. Uh, no, like uh, branding websites. Ah, oh, and that's what you do. Yep. You know what the thing I know about you is I don't know you well, but I <laughs> I, I I always feel like you're very proactive. He is. If it wasn't for him, I met him at your 
Irvine show doing yeah. comedy. Yeah, I remember. And he says, hey, man, uh, I'm a photographer. Take some pictures. You probably need a website, man. You probably need a real man. You should do a podcast, dude. I mean, I, I was going to do anything. Yeah. And uh, there you go. That's great. So then that worked out. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Cut, we'll cut this whole last section out. Where's that? No, why? I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Where's I that lady her. at? Uh, that's my assistant, Jess. She's in the back with my dog who's been barking. You have an assistant? I do have an assistant that helps me because... Um, she lives here? Well, because when I... Does she live here? She does not live here. That'd be oh. weird. But when I went off to do my show that was canceled in Pastor, she would stay with my dog for four or five months, and I just oh, wow. need somebody to talk to. Were you to. bummed when that got canceled? I, I loved the people, but I wasn't really bummed. I'm someone who, like, the thought of getting a show is great, and then when you're on it, I'm like, hey, what's the next thing? I'm weird like that. Like, I, like I, I don't, the thought of doing something for eight years, I did that. It's a lot. Be careful what you wish for. I mean, if, I mean, you know, you want to do something. Yeah, but then what's the other what's the other thing that could happen? Like, if you're on a show, well, for you eight haven't years, done a show for eight. Years. Yeah, you did. You did Mad TV. Yeah, but still, that was my first thing. Yeah, you know. Well, I just I did a one hour drama and it was awesome and I'm thankful and it was awesome. It was great. It was great. But do I want to do another one hour drama? It's 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 especially if it's out of the country. I'm staying in California. Oh, you guys shot in Canada? Yeah, Vancouver. Was it fun? We had fun. Are you still with that girl that you met on the camp? This is not called Inside of Michael Rosenbaum. I know, but I'm just going to ask you something. Is that she live here? She's cool. Yeah, no, oh, I know. I like her. About, oh, you don't want you don't want to get that. You're going to cut this part out. No, I didn't say I was going to cut it out. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. said I was going to cut out Rob's, which no, don't. No, I'm, I'm not. trying to get a little bit more into the can so that he'll be. It's impossible to cut him out. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm doing? Yeah, but that's going well. It is going well. It's Good. going well. It's hard for me. I'm like a difficult. I'm dysfunctional. I my mom was kind of out there. Took the center of attention. Was she having affairs? I don't know. Maybe she was. Maybe she was. I don't want to talk about that right now. My dad had a lot of problems. There wasn't a lot of affection. I was somewhere lost in the middle. I connections with people. I feel like they're gonna really good to be here. They're gonna leave you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. I guess that's it. You're not gonna put your dick in the hummus, are you? Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.